The Morning Coffee is a podcast recorded live slash streamed at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All articles used during the show are credited in the show notes below in the description. We hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, guys? How's it going? Ryan here, back with you again with episode number 31 of The Morning Coffee for March 19th, 2019. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. Hope you guys were able to relax since last episode. Got some good articles for you guys that came out over the weekend. Hoping for some more on a Thursday as well. Uh, just a couple of PSA announcements before we really dive into things. Um, Thursday morning, the episode will be out a little bit earlier. I have some stuff that I need to do Um around the time that I do record the podcast and stream the podcast. So if you guys are audio listeners, you'll probably be getting the podcast, um, hopefully, uh, earlier than usual. If you guys are following the Twitch, which is an easy plug, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo, you guys will probably see me on way earlier than you guys expected to. And that's because I have something uh, around the time that the podcast usually ends slash export time the time I usually export for audio and stuff like that can't be helped, but you guys get to have me a little bit earlier in the morning. So that's pretty awesome as well. Uh, lastly, as always, or I guess second to last, remember to follow on uh, Twitch. Remember that we do stream and record this every single time on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo. Also remember to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, links are in the description down below. Anyway, I'm going to take a sip of this coffee and then let's get started. So, owning a Call of Duty esports franchise could cost $25 million. So, uh, if you guys didn't know, there's this little thing called Overwatch League, which has had some pretty heavy price tags on it and stuff. If you guys have totally been under a rock, Overwatch League is a thing. Uh, well, not a thing, but an esports league over the game Overwatch that Blizzard Entertainment has uh, created. Uh, it is a city-based league, kind of like traditional sports. So, you know, in traditional sports, uh, whatever that might be for you guys, over here we have uh, the L.A. Dodgers, uh, the Anaheim Angels, um, Oakland Raiders, right? It's a team to a city. Uh, they tried to do the same thing in Overwatch, um, but uh, and it's been working out, I think, pretty well, in my opinion. I'm not a huge... Um, I'm not a huge fan of city-based uh, teams in general, at least for esports. It always does feel a little bit weird to me, especially when a lot of the people are imported from other countries and stuff like that or uh, what have you. But uh, overall, um, apparently it's been going pretty well for Blizzard. They had a buy-in price of about $25 million this year, and I think last year was a little bit cheaper. But a if you guys didn't know, Activision does own Blizzard. Technically, the full name of Blizzard Entertainment is Activision Blizzard Entertainment. And realistically, Blizzard's name doesn't hold any weight. It's it's actually just Activision. But they will be doing the same thing with Call of Duty uh, that they did with Overwatch. So they will be doing a eSports franchising thing as well. They said Activision Blizzard is apparently making headway with a launch of the city-based Call of Duty League and announced on uh, in February. According to ESPN, an esports executive from the company has already been meeting with prospective buyers, namely professional COD teams and Overwatch League owners, to talk business and tell them that 
tell them that the franchise fees will cost them a whopping $25 million per team slot. That puts its franchise fee in the same price range as Overwatch League, which is said to also cost the first batch of owners $20 million, but the company later sold expansion slots for between $30 to $60 million. In addition, the gaming giant is asking potential buyers to indicate their interest within the next 14 days if they want to enter a non-binding deal. While no millions will change hands just yet, interested Overwatch League team owners will reportedly have the first right of negotiation for their respective home markets. Activision Blizzard will likely spend the rest of the year hammering out deals in Hiring out the logistics for both city-based Overwatch and COD League since they're expected to kick off sometime in 2020. Um, and so, yeah, if you guys didn't know, um, basically Overwatch League um, owners get first priority in these COD thing in these COD games as well. What I think is interesting is that BattleNet launcher is going to really need some type of redesign eventually within the next year or two because a COD game comes out every single year, and so because of that, it really needs to be pushed onto a different. Uh, they need to remake that platform for sure. The other thing which kind of goes into the second article of the day, which kind of merges both of them or whatever, and it kind of it only mentions Overwatch, but it also talks about COD or whatever, um, is uh, it says that in uh, starting in 2020, all Overwatch League teams will actually play in their home cities. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate Nanzer, who, if you guys don't know, I believe is like the commissioner basically for like Overwatch League or whatever, said the Overwatch League is coming home and away. Starting in 2020, all Overwatch, Overwatch League teams will be playing in their home cities. We're super excited to see our original vision brought to life. Thanks to all of our fans for your amazing support. It says, now don't expect these cities to plant massive stadiums in some empty lots between now and then, but do expect to revisit the, pan uh, the pants drawer and leave the house to truly catch the game. Um, Overwatch League's first season and most of their current season take place at the Blizzard Arena in Burbank, California, but the league is inching towards its 2020 hometown promises already. Blizzard's um, homestand weekends will see the Dallas Fuel, Los Angeles Valley, and Atlanta regions play several matches at home later this year. Uh, it is an ambitious move, but is necessary one for the growth of the long term. When Overwatch League launched and tied teams to cities rather than an esports organization, and it's not only bad names, it was the first time I thought I could get behind a competitive game without uh, entrenched in playing it myself, etc., etc., etc. So, this will be really interesting to see how this works. Um, basically, if you guys don't really understand what I just said and rambled on about, by 2020, teams, uh, Overwatch League esports teams actually need to be playing in their respective cities, right? When it's a home, when it is a home game. So kind of just like in traditional esports or whatever, right? The LA Dodgers actually play in LA. They don't play in Atlanta, right? Uh, and when they're away, they are obviously the away team. They're basically doing the same thing in Overwatch esports, where Dallas Fuel, for example, actually needs to be playing physically in Dallas. Um, you know, we have the London Spitfires. They need to physically be playing in London. We have uh, the Shanghai uh, Dragons physically playing in Shanghai. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how this goes. Um, looking at Overwatch League schedules and stuff especially, they usually play about two to three hours uh, a day. A match is usually a best of five or so, um, and they usually play about three to four days a week. So it'll be interesting to see how these tournaments are set up and stuff. It's obviously going to be over uh, the internet. I would be very, very surprised if they would be uh, actually flying these players everywhere, especially since none of the regions are region locked at this point, right? So it's not like um, EU teams only play against EU, Asia only to Asia, NA only to NA which is kind of interesting. So we'll have to definitely see how this ends up working out. Uh, I will say that if you guys want to just come and sit down and see all the matches or whatever you have until 2020 to either fly, drive, whatever it is to Burbank, California to check the area out. I've been to the Burbank, California studios, I think one time 
for something related to Hearthstone, but never to something that was related to Overwatch. Might be something I go back to, but I'm not uh, hugely invested or into Overwatch anymore. In the surrounding area, there was not that much to do, unfortunately. But um, overall, yeah, I guess it's the time that time to do it. It will be really interesting by 2020 to see where Overwatch is, because you know. Obviously, they're trying to support it for the long haul, and we'll see really how long that long haul really is, right? Um, at the same time, like I said, it'll be interesting to see home and away games. They have to be done online, I'm assuming. And then what happens if the team isn't playing for a few hours? Does the stadium only open up for a couple hours and stuff like that? How does that work exactly? So it'll be super interesting to see what type of production level, what ends up happening with these games, like how it works exactly. And, uh, you know, what the plan is or whatever. But it does kind of suck that for some people, you know, if your favorite team is Dallas and you live somewhere else, you won't be able to go and watch them. It'll be pretty hard to. Most of it I'm probably going to still be watching online or whatever. But it'll be interesting to, I don't know, prosper tourism possibly. But like I said, if you guys want to, just go over to uh, Burbank, California, <laughs> fly over or something or do something really quick to uh, get yourselves over there so you can watch all the games in the comfort of one stadium as well. So, um, yeah, 2020 is a ways away. We are in, well, not really. We're three quarters away through 2019 or one quarter of the way through 2019, right? So by 2020, they need to both uh, be in their respective cities, whether that be Overwatch or Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty franchising in and of itself is interesting to me. Um, the COD scene has obviously been around a lot longer than the Overwatch scene since COD has been around longer and has been an established game. I'm not sure how the community is taking it, uh, but for me myself, there's so many... Um, when I think of COD, I think of very iconic names in COD, right? I think FaZe Clan. I think Optic Gaming. I think, you know, just like... Just these very, like, you know, Nade Shots teams, all this stuff. I just feel... I just think of very... Um, yeah, like iconic teams. And it'll be very weird adjustment for sure um, to see like, you know, LA something or other or whatever as these like team based like COD teams. It'll also be interesting to see how the broadcasts are going to be gone are going to be going because the COD scene has always kind of been this scene where things are kind of ruthless, right? That's just how COD is. And uh, it will just be interesting to see what ends up happening with the COD scene after this, and I'm sure that it will prosper, and I'm sure that it will be fine, and everything will be good, right, of course, but uh, it will just be very strange for me to see that transition for sure, because it won't be these, like, clan tags or something like that, but it will legitimately be actual physical city teams, and I'm not really sure, to be honest, how the rotation or cycle of CODs work, but I heard that they just, like, I remember going to one in, like, Anaheim, but it seemed like they were just, like, random qualifiers kind of, you know, placed down everywhere but we'll see how it goes and uh, i wish both cod and overwatch all the best of luck so i thought that this was kind of interesting um there is a announcement coming from uh the developers of no man's sky if you guys don't remember no man's sky was this really really hyped up game where no one had any idea what the game was actually about and then the game actually came out and it sucked because of numerous reasons that would take probably 30 minutes for us to really go into but uh, no Man's Sky has announced that coming to uh, they're coming to PS4 in summer of 2019, and uh, they also said that their next chapter will be called No Man's Sky Beyond. They said that it's going to revamp the online experience dramatically, but don't call it an MMO. 
they said uh, earlier this year while working on our roadmap of three feature updates, we decided we wanted to interweave their features and had a vision for something much more impactful. We're excited to announce the Beyond will contain those three major updates rolled into one larger free release. Uh, they said No Man's Sky includes a radical new social and multiplayer experience with which, which empowers players everywhere in the universe to meet and play together. So basically, if you guys didn't know, um, No Man's Sky was just this huge, huge, huge galactic endeavor that ended up um, happening, right? And the thing with No Man's Sky was that it was very, very hard to find another player because you were in such a huge galaxy or whatever. And that was kind of one of the issues was that the game felt very lonely and that you could go your whole playtime without finding anyone. And then I think once you find found them even, you weren't even really able to interact with them beyond just very like simple, basic, like pre-existing text commands or emoticons, I think, or something. Um, so what they're going to be doing is they're actually going to be rolling it out, and this is why the tagline is, but don't call it an MML. They're going to be rolling out more multiplayer type of features in the game um, to get players to, I guess, team up and embark a little bit, uh, a little bit more and together. I haven't visited. Uh, I have never played No Man's Sky, to be honest. Uh, I don't want to sound like a weird flex, but okay, or a hipster here. But back in the day, I do clearly remember myself being one of the only people that was like, I don't get it. Um, we had no information about the game, and it was just really, really hyped up or whatever. So I actually ended up passing on it and saying that I would buy it a month later. And I kind of was right in that sense. So I've never played it at all. Um, it might be something that nowadays i might be willing to visit if it's on sale or if it does become cheaper it will definitely be a game that i'll let you guys know if there's any plans to stream it because it does seem like a game that's at least like really chill kind of like wander around in space but we'll definitely have to see if that becomes a thing and if we're going to uh enjoy that type of game so if this does become cheaper or something on steam or whatever we might you know decide yeah why not let's uh let's uh let's do this so and either way, that comes out in a free large update later this summer. Um, so yeah, uh, No Man's Sky fans, keep up with it. Be hyped, be excited. I'm happy that your game's getting updated. As for everyone else, um, I'll definitely be looking into it and seeing like, all right, let's see what happens. You know, let's see what the plan is for everyone and, uh, you know, how this really goes and how this really works out. Um, last article of the day. I know only four articles today, but it is what it is. Left for Dead creators announced Back for Blood. I actually was really excited about this, and I had to double take about what this really means, right? Um, and uh, I so uh, if you guys didn't know, Turtle Rock Studios is actually a studio that's fairly uh, within the same vicinity of uh, my house or whatever, and um, they are the people who made Left for Dead One. Uh, if you guys didn't know, they were bought by Valve or contracted by Valve and handed over their IP to Valve, and uh, they made two games, and then it kind of um, left Valve and went to go work on this other game called Evolve. Uh, Evolve was really, really bad in its marketing and everything like that, and in its tuning features. I was so hyped for Evolve, and uh, I just remember a lot of my friends not knowing what it was, and so I ended up not getting it. But I remember Evolved, um, and it's so crazy how games have changed a lot since the Evolved days, which um, maybe I should look this up to see when it came out or whatever. Um, let's see here. Evolve came out 2015, only four years ago. 
but uh, really, it's kind of crazy how um, different and how uh, how much how like different the video game landscape has changed. One of the controversies for Evolved was that um, it came with a very expensive um, collect uh, a, a very it came with staggered editions of their games. There was like a standard version, deluxe version, special deluxe version, like an ultimate version. And each version came with different things in it. And some came with like certain monsters and some, uh, some didn't. And the other ones you would have to buy through microtransactions. And at the time it was just like, Oh man, this is, this is bad. Like, this is really, really bad. Like, why would you do this? This is really dumb. Um, you know, this is really, really bad. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so it's very interesting to see just kind of like the changes that have happened in the gaming industry when things like this um, are are pretty rampant and happening, um, like happening all the time, right? And so it's really interesting, you know, that that's changed. So hopefully with this game, we don't have that type of thing, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. But Evolve, pretty cool game. Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, pretty much a lot of my... um, I want to say early college years for me, um, aging myself here, maybe young or old, depending on uh, what you think of it. But uh, Left 4 Dead 1 was a game that I bought on my, was the reason why I bought my Xbox 360, I should say. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 had a lot of memories as well, but I think the first Left 4 Dead was, oh man, uh, it was it was great. Um, so they said that they are revisiting their cooperative zombie shooting days in Back for Blood. A name which seems a clear statement of, you know, you know, Left 4 Dead. Uh, I believe that the reason why they're not calling it Left 4 Dead 3 or something like that or Left 4 Dead whatever is because I'm pretty sure Valve owns that IP and all of its characters. I'm not 100% sure, but they said that they're partnering with Warner Brothers to do this. They said today's announcement is mighty vague without even a logo to show for it, but they do hint that it's got some tricks. Uh, No, it's not the Battle Royale game. Um, my finger crossed, uh, state of art rumble story, blah, 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 blah. They claimed in today's announcement, Mary's the best of what made the co-op zombie shoot her great. Um, they said that even their, uh, turtle rocks, even less subtle saying you'll be able to shoot up a lot of zombies like in left for dead, but there's a whole lot of new stuff in back for blood, which makes it unique. So it's very, very like early works or whatever. So, uh, we'll have to see how it goes, but, uh, yeah apparently um i'm really excited for this this is like really one of my all-time favorite games i would say uh for cooperative shooter uh wise uh everyone i feel like who played the game had a story of something that happened that was just ridiculous and that is just stapled into uh ingrained in our memories and uh it's not the same nowadays for sure but it was a very, very unique shooter for the time, and I loved it. Um, I hope that this game ends up coming out good and polished. I know it won't have the charm, and I know that I shouldn't be writing on nostalgia, so uh, I'll treat the game and review the game like it is. But either way, we'll definitely keep you guys updated on this as well. Anyway, guys, that is going to be it for this uh tuesday morning episode of the morning coffee uh like i said at the top of the episode guys you can check us out on itunes or spotify you can also check us out on twitch where we record and live stream this episode uh and other podcast episodes over at twitch.tv slash ryan kubo uh you can also check us out on twitter and instagram also at ryan kubo and if you guys want to check out the vods you can check us out at shigeos twitch tv s-h-i-g-e-o-s t-w-i-t-c-h 
TV. All those links will be in the episode's description or your show notes down below. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for hanging out today. And I will catch you guys on uh, Thursday, March 21st for a early, remember, early episode of The Morning Coffee. Take care, guys.